Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Well, I heard you guys talking about um, burgers on the way. I can't because I, and I even wrote it down so I didn't forget. But I think it's just as important to talk about the chicken sandwich. Yeah, but to me, okay, if you want to have that conversation, you have a, you have a hot take on it because I, I mean, I, I do. I've had enough to know what's good and what's not. I mean, what what are you telling Popeyes. me? Popeyes, by far. Yes. Have you have you had Haven Hot Chicken? It's no. the local one. That's I mean, they got a cup. They got a couple now. They're no, in New but Haven. it's hot though. Right, like hot, you, spicy. You, you mean like hot, like Nashville hot regular, chicken? Yeah, but you. Yeah, ooh, I don't like hot, so I'm not the right person to. When I think of chicken sandwiches, I think of Chick-fil-A, Popeyes, Wendy's, Wendy's, even McDonald's. My son likes the McChicken for some reason. But if you talk, I don't like, I don't like, I think Chick-fil-A is one of the most overrated spots. Couldn't, couldn't agree with you more. Never understood it. I mean, you look at it and it just looks like this pathetic little patty of chicken. But KFC, you have to add that because my brother-in-law, Steven, is a big fan and he thinks that's the winner. But I mean, I don't think he's right. Actually, I think K- KFC I think probably would go num- number two. two. And I, I, for some reason, the mayonnaise or something in Wendy's I like, but I w- and the McChicken's pretty good. I would definitely put. I'm with you. We don't. Have, we have no disagree. We have, <laughs> you know, we have we have full agreement there with Popeyes, uh, burger wise. And the Popeyes is just substantial, also, it, right? Like the Chick Fil A again is this little pathetic patty. So I just. I don't understand the bread to the, chicken ratio. I is don't off. understand the Chick Fil A allure to begin with. To be honest with you, but um, the, the Popeyes it's like huge and it's crispy and it's like there's the chicken is All right, listen, nice. Listen, food nice. truck Tommy's coming in 17 minutes, so let's stop the food talk. <laughs> hey, are you doing like how many holiday parties do you have? Like I was at the governor's last night. We had our company yep. one. And I'm not. It's not like I'm hungover, but like all the rich finger food and and it, it, the four different kinds of drinks you have, I'm just like I'm done. I'm just sort of done. But I mean, is this? Do you have to mm-hmm. gallivant? Is every mm-hmm. night a different event uh, most, for you? Most nights we are we are at, we are at one last night too, um, at the Hartford Canoe Club. Oh, I, which is such a cute, quaint little place. It is. What was it? What was it's can actually you tell? is. Can, I don't know, it's not a secret. I mean, it's a it's a group that that my husband. Like a friends group that my husband belongs to, they have monthly meetings, and um, they he's have the a Christmas Poobah. party. He's not the, they they rotate around who's the, who the grand poobah is, but you know it's it's a nice group of kind of pillar pillars of the community in the Hartford area for many years. Um, I think it's they weird. I think they need to to uh, inject a little youth into the thing. I had a conversation with someone last night. I won't na- won't name it who, but they they talked about this group they had. And they were young when they formed it, right? And now they're old, and they never thought to bring anybody in along the way. 
And but I feel like that sort of sums up Hartford and Connecticut. But but like in the in the old days when things were super vibrant, they had these groups and they just stuck together. But they never thought to bring in young people. And now there's just a bunch of no offense, I'm part of it. A bunch of old people doing the same thing, and there's no like you can't even get young people now because we're too old. Mm. Like so, how do you do? So the point is, is that I think it's past the point where you could do that. No. Well, I I mean I mean this group, but but I know what you're saying in general. I mean I think you have to incrementally. Bring in younger people. I mean, I don't think you can go down 40 years, right? If you have 75-year-olds. Yeah, you can't but, start bringing in some 30-somethings. But you can't. I mean, actually, I think you can. I think that it's, if you do it the right way, I mean, it's about, I mean, you know, they're 75-year-olds, 65-year-olds, 55-year-olds. I mean, there are people that are much more youthful than, than kind of their number. And so I think those people can really bring in younger people. But as a metaphor, I kind of think that's mm. Connecticut's problem, right? There's there's such a tradition, but it's all dated and fading. Does that make – I'm not trying to be critical. Like, I love this place. But there's not a lot of that. That The, the younger generation might be true everywhere. Don't, they don't do those things. They don't like, – five couples yeah. get together and say, hey, let's do this regularly. You know what I mean? Maybe they'll play – paddle tennis in the winter i don't know and there's a paddle tennis club that'll meet for 25 years and then they'll be like we're old we need to get some young people there and I, I'm, I'm so pro connecticut and pro like places like hartford too but i i just feel like like the canoe club where's it going to be in 30 years when we're, uh, we're we're dead yeah i mean the canoe club for sure i mean places like that i mean you you see that all over connecticut you see older clubs that that 30 40 years ago people are, are still going and, and nobody wants to go there. But I mean, I, I remember when I was after law school and I was clerking uh, in New Haven in the court and there were clubs like the Graduate Club and the Quinnipiac Club. You know, those are those are eating clubs, we'll call them, because there's nothing else there really. Right. There's not it's not like it's a tennis or swimming or right or you know anything, any paddle sports. And but that's so, not a part of the young culture. now. And so I remember vividly. One of the judges I was clerking for, who at the time, you know, I was 24 or whatever, and, you know, he was already late 60s, which seemed ancient at the time, <laughs> and or maybe even older because he was a trial referee, and he was really trying to push me to join. And I, re- I joined because it, it was important to him. And it was a cool thing when you were downtown and you went and you had lunch once or twice a week. But when I went home, I didn't come back there on the weekend with my friends. I mean, right. a bunch of 25-year-olds are just going to sit there and You're have dinner at this else. place. So, I mean, I think it's cyclical, right? That stuff was a thing that people in their 20s did 50 years ago, right. but that's not a thing that they do, that they now. do now. So yeah. we'll have our own things. We're here with Emma <laughs> Claritas, uh, Republican House leader for many years and, of course, Senate candidate here in Bryan and Company. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how you get eight hours of sleep, Themis. First of all, <laughs> even if I had eight hours of quiet, I couldn't sleep for eight hours, but- I wake up. I'm such a light sleeper. Like I have zero problem falling asleep, but I if I get wo- I get woken up, I can't fall back asleep. Like I, I can't. How do you do that? See, that's like that's a you foreign a- language to me. I don't even understand what that means. Like if you, I can only stay awake long enough to turn over from one side to the and other, just right, and I'll go right back to sleep. So you have a clear conscience. I I definitely have a clear conscience. Apparently, you don't, but. <laughs> Is that what you're telling us here? I think so. But I've never, like, since I was a kid, I've always been that way. I mean, once in a blue moon, I'll have trouble falling asleep. But maybe, like, when I say trouble, I mean a half an hour. I wish I was asleep at that moment, but it was 
you know, maybe I'm up for a half hour, but I never have trouble staying asleep. You're a lucky woman. Hey, listen, you know, we talked off mic about some presidential politics and, you know, I just had this realization. Well, first of all, you, you don't think Haley DeSantis, you don't think there's, it's, you think it's a waste of time. Well, listen, I've, I've been to two of the debates. I've, you know, I obviously think that, that anybody up there is, is a better choice, um, for Republicans, but I think, unfortunately, and you look at the polls, and listen, we've all seen polls that have been bad in the past many years, right? We've we've seen that, but the, the number at which Donald Trump is ahead, it's not like it's a five points, ten points. No, I mean, the lowest, like 30 points, the 40 lowest points, is thirty-seven. It's, it's, it's is a the large amount, and yeah. I mean, even if you cut that in half, it's still big, right? It's huge, and and I don't, and it saddens me for numerous reasons. But, and I don't think it's a waste because you you never know, right? You don't know what's going to happen. I mean, but it just seems like no matter what happens to him, he's more popular. Yeah, which is which is baffling to me, on so many levels. When it comes to, I I had this realization this morning, and I, maybe I'm just slow or, or maybe just stupid, but I feel like this impeachment stuff on Biden, they're going to set it up so the timing is when all the Trump cases come to. Climax will also be dealing with an impeachment, and so, I mean, do you view it that way as almost like counter programming? I think that's certainly part of the strategy. I, you know, I I worry that it can backfire also because I think the public, to be honest with you, is just sick and tired of both sides. And you know, whether it's impeachment hearings, whether it's what's going Hunter Biden, whether it's all the Trump stuff. I mean, it's George Santos. I mean, one. There's never a day. What, what was I don't even know on the last day that we probably heard news coming out of Washington that was just about policy. Okay, <laughs> I mean they it's vote just, to see if they can vote, right? and they vote to right. see if we can stay open. That's it, right? And then they fight about that the whole way. They can't. They can't even vote to see if we can vote. They have to fight about how they're going to vote to see if we can vote. I mean, it's it's you know we always said in Connecticut in the legislature that you know. They're Democrats and the Republicans, we'd say, okay, well, we have our moments, but, you know, we're very functional compared to what's going on in Washington. And that was 10 years ago. Now it's, it's, it's not even. So I, you know, I got pushback. We only have a minute here. I got pushback from Mayor Bronin yesterday because I feel like, you know, there could be an argument that we're, you know, we're on the, the, the backside of greatness here as like a nation. And he, he was like, listen, you know, between the fact we actually had a civil war, between that we had a Great Depression, between we had multiple assassinations in a decade, he's like, it's, it is it is just a moment. I mean, how do you view that? So he's saying he's not as concerned? He's not that he's not concerned. He's just saying that he, he feels like you, there can be optimism because we've survived maybe even worse than what we're dealing with now. I, th- I think, listen, this is a very resilient country. We have been through a lot of things and we've gotten through them and- and we saw the light shine on the other side. And I think that we can certainly look at it that way in in that in this circumstance. My concern is history is history. When you look back on history and the things that have happened, you know, they started a certain way. And they when you look at what's happening now, we see similar things happening. So it could go the other way too. And that's why I think it's incumbent upon, you know, every person in this country to sit down and say, like, what do you want from your elected officials? Like who am I electing and what are they going to be doing? Are they going to be really working for me? Or are they going to be sitting there because they just want to fight and pound their chests? And I think that's part of the 
responsibility of us as citizens, and I think people need to focus on that a little more. Talking about a bunch of stuff, and and you know, it's funny because I with 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 Bronin yesterday, he's like, you know, we can shoot the breeze on fun stuff, but like I feel like this whole issue of is it an existential crisis or not? Like I think about it all the time. It's not like I don't. It's not like I bring it up for talk show conversation. Like I'm really worried about. You know, listen, the country, there's an argument that this the whole the whole centralized government versus states' rights and all this stuff, that there there are fifty different states with fifty such disparate interests that maybe we can't be centrally governed. Maybe it's always been held together by these great concepts of democracy and a Republican representative government. I don't know. I mean, am I overdoing it? Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Is that overcooked? No, I mean, I think I think the, the perfect example of that um, is, you know, it's, a, it's such a sad day today, Sandy Hook yeah. anniversary. I mean, I know we all know where we were on that day, and, you know, my... My prayers to everybody out there who who was part of that and lost people, but you know when you when you look at gun laws, right? I mean, I mean, I believe that there are certain things that should be that that every state should have. I mean, I mean, think you should have background checks, right? I mean, I think there should be certain things, but when you compare, let's just say Connecticut to say Wyoming, right? The needs and wants of those two states are different, right? Right? I mean, we're more densely populated; they're not. You know, they're obviously a lot more hunters. You know. We do that, but not to the same extent. I mean, the argument is that their needs and our needs are different. And, you know, what, what what's necessary to make them safe is, is different than what's necessary to keep us safe. So, I mean, there's, there's arguments to be made about centralized versus states' rights. But, you know, existentially, I mean, I will tell you this. I don't just discuss this when I'm here with you or, or doing it either. I mean, I agree. In my house, my husband and I probably have this conversation almost every day. Because what happens? You turn the TV on, you turn the radio on, you're reading, you're reading news about all this crazy stuff that's going on, and it's not stopping and it's not lessening. It's getting worse. And how people 
you and I can have a conversation and we can be very passionately against what the other one is saying, which we have been in the past. But I don't think you're wrong and I'm right or you're more importantly, I don't think you're bad and I'm good or I deserve to be here any more than you deserve to be here. And that's where we're getting in this country. And I think that's the existential crisis that we can't if we continue to force people into boxes and calling them bad people and evil people and not real this and not real that. Where where do we go with that? Yeah. And then and then you raise your kids that way, and then that that perpetuates itself generationally. And so I think existential crisis is not um, it's not a dramatization of what's going on. I mean, I think we are in a very scary and sad place right now. You know, next time you come on, I don't want to bring it up now because I think it's too big a conversation. But we had a really a good uh, back and forth on the issue of anti-Semitism, and we'll do that another day. I actually want to. See if we can switch gears a little bit with Themis Claritis here on Brian and Company to to some localized issues. You know, can I say what you drive? Can I say mm-hmm. okay? So you have a Tesla. I do. And I was curious, especially if you were still in state government, how you'd handle this whole EV thing. I, th- I thought it was pretty fascinating this era of dwindling local journalism and uh, less community engagement that the public kind of pushed their representatives to say, we don't want this, and it ended up not happening. And I don't know if it will happen or won't happen in the legislative session, but I didn't know if you had any thoughts on that. And what I'm talking about, of course, is that following California and the mandate to stop selling new gas-powered cars by 2035, and that did not go through this committee, and now they have to go through the legislative process if they want to do it. I mean, first of all, I commend the you know Senator Kelly and Representative Candelora who kind of led that fight. Um, in the legislature, I am not a fan of mandating people to buy or not buy something. I mean, you know, median income for a family of foreign water berries is, is around $40,000, right. right? Those two people are working two jobs at most, maybe three jobs, maybe four jobs. They're they're getting up on a Saturday morning and they're saying, okay, when they have to run their kid to to softball practice or baseball practice or you know, school events and different things, trying to get to their jobs and and put food on people's tables and their families. You think that they're saying, listen, honey, let's go see if we can find an electric car that we can buy, which that A, we can't afford. B, there's there's not enough, there's not enough infrastructure in this state to say we're only going to have electric vehicles. See, I buy your first argument, but not the second. The first argument, the affordability, right, the affordability issue and the access issue, I 100% agree. Infrastructure, you got 12 years, you can build stuff out. Like I don't buy, I don't buy into well, that. I will tell you this: I, I'm not supportive of the right. mandate Aspirational either. Aspirational goals are different than mandates. Okay, I absolutely agree that we are going in the direction of a world of, you know, whether it's electric vehicles, hybrid vehicles. There's no question. I mean, 10 years ago, you know, when you look at the numbers of how many electric vehicles and hybrid vehicles are on the road, much less than there are now. And it's because people are making the decision. They're being educated as to, you know, fossil fuels and how much gasoline costs. They're, they're, they're at the whim of prices going up and down and trying to manage a budget at home. It's hard for them. But the other issue is this. An average home, if you have electric vehicle, it will double your electricity. Think about that which means it's going to double your electricity cost in an average size home. Do you think that that family of four can afford that? Of course not. No. So it's our job as a state and as government 
to figure out this infrastructure stuff and start building it out. But And I think aspirational goals are wonderful. And I think the most important thing to do is educate people as much as possible. You know, this is where we're going with this. But this is how much this is going to cost. This is how much that is going to cost. The other problem is if we're moving away from fossil fuels, we better start ramping up solar and wind yesterday because you have to replace it with something. Right, and, and, and then the other issue is, depending who wins the election next November, that could completely change the way the, the federal government looks at this kind of thing. Well, what's interesting, though, is, is right now we're producing more oil than we have. I mean, we're producing a ton of oil right now. There's, there's this, there's this mis, misconception that, I mean, because of this decision on some of the leased lands early on in the Biden administration— there's tons of oil getting drilled. But what I don't understand is, is your point is a good one. I got to go to traffic here. Is that why can't you do all of it at once? Like what, you don't have to and let the market forces dictate what 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 happens. And we'll put a pin in that. Uh, we got another block with Themis Claritus. You know, just to put a ribbon on that conversation. Do you think anything you think now that whole issue of 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 that mandate is is now dead? That the, even the Democrats can't get that done in, in regular session? Nothing is ever dead in the legislature. Remember that. I think it's absolutely going to come back up again, and it will depend on, you know, to your point earlier, how many people are paying attention and who's who's pushing their legislators to to support it or not support it. When it comes to this session, the 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 off, off year budget, is it like what, how do you approach it? Like, is it sort of like just punch the time clock? Can real work get done? Like, what what is it like in a year you don't have to do the budget? No, real work always gets done. I mean, it's a shorter session. Remember, it's only three months. So that's, you know, time frame wise. Although I feel like we always did the same amount of things in three months as we did in five month sessions because you just wasted more time along the way. Um, yeah, I mean, you can get anything done you want to get done if if there's a will to do it. You know, uh, if there's a will to do it. Is there anything you think that they need to do that that they are, aren't talking about or – they are talking about, but they should get at it. I mean, is there any thoughts on what they're doing at the Capitol and what they should be doing? You know, I, I, I can't really say that. I'd have to have to look look further into that um, detail-wise. But let's remember, next year is an election year for the entire legislature. So they finish the 1st of May and everybody goes off to campaign. So I think that from the governor's perspective, he's going to want to do as little as possible and, and not turn any boats over and not – you know, um, get people upset with him because his popularity is high. I think the legislature wants to make sure the budget, their job is to make sure the budget is is, is straight from the budget they wrote last year, um, figure if there's any adjustments this year. And then they're going to all bring up the same bills that they've, they've, they're going to bring up. Talk, I've been here year. just a couple of years now. The same things keep coming up and coming up and coming up. Well, there's, there's always going to be the same things if they didn't get passed before. And then the things that get passed can always be adjusted and changed. Right. Which which is how it should be, because times change and needs change. Um, you know, so so that would be fine. But I, I think what's going on in in Washington is really going to affect state legislatures this year because we're going to see the caucuses and the primaries and, um, you know, people. It's going to be a very high charge political year. Do you think and I, 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 I want to have. Two conversations with you next time. One is I do actually want to wade into the anti-Semitism thing. I'm not comfortable with it, but I think we should. The other one is is should government get involved in technology? But we don't have necessarily enough time for that. So, right. But the third thing that I have to mention now is to remind you 
that Trinity College won the NESCAT championship again this year. It's because they have a bunch of 26-year-old players. They're not 26-year-olds. Bunch of them. Not. No. Not true. I think one of them had kids. Bitter. 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 I think there definitely is one who's married. I know they're all, and none of them are married and have kids. I know them all because my nephew's the captain again this year. So go Is he taking a, a sixth year? No, he. it was only because they missed <laughs> I one know, season of I COVID. Know, they didn't I know. play just, an extra I'm year. Just, I'm just bitter. I'm bitter. And, you know, I, I'm actually I'm curious because you got Juan Soto with the Yankees, but I'm kind of done with baseball now. This, <laughs> Why? Because the, the Otani thing is just insane to me. It is insane. And, and did you see, like – how much the Dodgers are going to defer. Like almost all of it. Crazy. Like, that's a crazy thing. Well, they say I it's... mean, what, out of the goodness of his heart? No, I think because if he's gone and he's not in California, then he doesn't have to pay the taxes. Right. Of course. Of course. And plus, and plus the money he makes doing other things. Right. Because I was going to be like, how can a guy live on $2 million a year? You know what I mean? He needs yeah, more than that. how could he possibly do that? I know. And so be, he probably he makes another at least 10 to 15 mm-hmm. on on. His global endorsements. Easily, easily. And that's why he was able to do it. You know, the Dodgers were, I mean, that's a lot of money for any just, team, even the Yankees. And then they pass it on to us. I, I'm just sort of done. Maybe it's because I have three colleges to pay for, but I'm just sort of done. I went to a Dodger Stadium. I paid 20 bucks for a can of beer. Like, I am i don't need to underwrite Shohei Otani. Like, I, I'd i rather go to the Yard Goats. I mean, I don't. I, mean, I just feel like it. it the, between the Red Sox stinking so bad, so and, bad, even worse than we did. Okay, you don't have to. No, even worse than we did, and yeah. I and I listen. This is the first year in in decades that I can f- say that was very upsetting to me. It was upsetting to you how bad the, the Yankees. Yankees were. I mean, the Red Sox usually stink. I mean, you had a few good years, and then like no, you're right. you think you think you're like top of the world. All this nonsense. With they the either Red win Sox. it or finish in last. Yeah, I know. I can't even. But the Yankees. I mean, I just think it's a there's a philosophical problem going on there. And I'll tell you what the philosophical problem is. is Hal it? is not George. Yeah, we know the that. end. Hey, so come back. Like, let's do something late in January yeah, or something. Because I want to talk again. It's always, it's always too short on time. I wish you and your family a happy holidays, and, and you also too. thank you for your generosity with the holiday store. Oh for, yes, I did not, I did not mention I have a check it. For you, I, I'm so grateful for the relationships that that are helping me help them, and and thanks. To you and your family. And I, and I just want to say Salvation Army, I feel very, you know, a special place with because for many years in the legislature, we would go out and ring the bell outside of, of different retail stores. And the, the amount of money we raised ringing the bell, uh, the stores would match. Oh, really? Um, so they were always really kind. I got to know a lot of people that worked and ran the Salvation Army in Connecticut. And, yeah. you know, it's a great organization. And I'm glad you guys are working with them. And I'm happy to, uh, to uh, well, donate. Thank you. Thank you. Themis Claritus. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.